1: Welcome to a Delco Nerd Network podcast. I am your host Anthony Ricucci, and this is an episode of Beyond County Lines, where we talk to friends beyond the borders of Delaware County, Pennsylvania, to hear who they are and what they like to do. Today, I am joined by Jess Sharnagle, writer of Win.gg. Jess, hello. How are you? Thank you for coming I'm on. Good.
2: No problem. My pleasure.
1: Yeah, it's been, it, it, we, we, you know, we had a mess up in recording, we'll, we'll, we'll be honest about it. Yeah, and it, it's funny, like, we haven't seen each other since the last, uh, the, the only Fusion live event. And yeah. then we would have seen each other probably at the others, but we haven't.
0: Yeah,
2: so there was supposed to be one in May, and then, I don't know when the last one was supposed to be. I think... August? I think it was supposed to be August.
1: I don't know. So I know No,
2: June. It was supposed to be June because right. it was supposed to be supposed Atlantic, be Atlantic City. City. Yeah. I was right. going to say
1: that was the last one I knew about. Yeah, May was in, at the Met again. And then mm-hmm. June was, yeah, at Atlantic City. I was but,
2: supposed to get drunk with a bunch of Overwatch League players. That was what was supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah.
1: And that's what we're here to talk was- about, Overwatch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Jess, for those who don't know, who are you? What do you do? Tell us a little bit, bit about yourself.
2: So I'm a freelance writer for win.gg. I cover a wide variety of topics, but mostly Overwatch League. And uh, I cover a little bit of Valorant, cover a little bit of Fortnite, cover some general stuff. Uh, I like to talk about video game law. So that's some of the things you'll see me write about.
1: Yeah, and that's pretty much what we're here to talk about. (laughs) There's no no intro into it. That, that That is pretty much it. But before we get into that as a little game I like to play that I was telling you about. We like to... This is going to be the fifth episode, but Mm -hmm. we already know you're the closest to me as you are literally directly west over the bridge. You're in Audubon?
2: I used to live in Audubon. I'm in Belmar now. So even closer. Like, literally, if you throw a stone from my house, you could probably hit the Delaware. That's how close I am. Because if you go over 42 there's not much land left until you hit the delaware
1: if you go east there we go nobody's beating you because i i really don't think anyone else is, <laughs> is if if you're like in you know if you're closer you're probably coming to my house but COVID anyway so yeah i i started this show before that so look at me <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about overwatch let's get into it how let's let's just start like how is How's covering Overwatch been since all this? Because, like, obviously, like, this year for the Overwatch League was going to be incredible. Right. You know, with, with all the homestand events, like, I like I remember in Season 2 when they announced it, and it was like, oh, my God, they're doing it. They are yeah. doing it. We're going to go watch Fusion games in Philly and, and local areas, but none of that ended up happening. Well, some of it. Some of it did. Some of it did. But, I, I think
2: it's really cruel because I got a taste of what it was like, and then it was ripped away
1: by this how stupid. Many, how, how many events did you go to? I know you went to um, uh, you were in D.C. right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I went to opening weekend yeah. in New York, right? Um, which was terrifying because I made that trip by myself, <laughs> and then I went to two Washington games in Washington D.C., and then I went to the Philly one. And I was supposed to go to four out of the five Washington, D.C. ones and, like, two other New York ones and obviously all of the Philly ones. Mm-hmm. So I was uh, – when I found out like, – because when they canceled everything, I was like, okay, they're probably going to cancel, like, I don't know, like, April and May. And then, like, we'll see where we get to by June. And, of course, I thought yeah. it was – like, we all thought it was going to end, we like, by then. And end. I was like, yeah. okay maybe i can still have my birthday thing or whatever and then like as time went on i was like okay i'm not gonna have my birthday thing maybe but you know whatever i still have be the rest of the maybe year the and finals, then when they came the
1: finals, out you know that's right, what I was but, hoping for. right
2: i saved up money to like it, there was rumors that it was gonna be in vegas So i was like let me save up some money and then they canceled the rest of the season and i was not prepared for that i was prepared yeah. for a couple months i was not prepared for the rest of the season so i was like
1: i was just so upset so did, did i mean like obviously like you're not at the events covering and, and do well actually are you still doing interviews or no
2: i am still doing interviews but the problem with uh covid is that and a lot of the times pr likes those interviews to be over text and of course they do because they don't want their players saying anything bad which is right. really easy to do when it's in person. And I've actually done it for all time oh, yeah. with, uh, with Stratus. Stratus likes to throw himself under the bus sometimes. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and it was, you know, it was fun. It was jokey. Like I never did anything that would ruin anybody's career. And I would never right, try to right. do that. Right. But it was just funny. They would say like, he would say little things here or there. Like Stratus called himself an asshole and it came from a question (laughs) right and it came from a question i asked and then the next week he came back and he turned to his pr person he goes so i don't call myself an asshole this week and it's just like (laughs) those interactions that i really really miss and i really miss interviewing people
1: yeah and that, that i mean i i could like pretty much reciprocate what you just said with like pretty much anything work related like that nuance isn't there anymore Like you kind of, yeah, the personality is like, it's gone.
0: Yeah. Like
2: you can, you can get some personality out of a text interview if you ask the right questions, but when it comes straight through PR and it goes through that, you know, that right. Yeah. It kind of takes, it can take some out of it, but I I would never know because I can't hear what they're saying.
1: Right. So other than the, the one-on-one interviews, um, has it changed the way you're reporting?
2: Not really. The only thing that it's really changed is the interviews. Sometimes there would be a situation where something would happen at one of the homestands. Like, I don't know. I can't think of any examples because nothing did happen, but say like (laughs) a fan did something or or a player did something with a fan. Like I could report on that and I get paid. You know, I'm one of the few writers that gets paid in this industry. It's really tough. And um, I, you know, because I'm freelance, I get paid per article. So I would go there and come out with three or four articles. And now it's like, I'm lucky if I get one per entire event. So because mm-hmm. of the way Win works and everything. <sighs> so, yeah, it's been tough, but, it, and, you know, and, and, you know,
1: go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, got it. you're talking.
2: <laughs> the mental part of it is so difficult because of COVID. Like it, you know, when it cancels all of that stuff, it does, you know, I think everybody has dealt with it differently, but for me personally, like, I lost a lot of interest in writing because I couldn't do those things that I wanted to do and that I enjoyed doing as a writer in person, so, like, I didn't write for a good, like, two months because I was just like, screw it, I I, I can't do what I love, and, and I just recently started just being like, hell, I'll just do text interviews and then at least get something.
1: That, I mean, as a, as an Overwatch League fan, I feel like that's been the same for me. I've, Barely paid attention to the season this year, and uh, like it kills me because it's just like I've I've watched like some like uh, some of the games, especially when we first started going over to the you know they're all everyone's in their rooms and they're casting from their rooms, and it's just like it's not the same at all. No, the, like no, it, it's it, not. It's it's almost like funny how them just being in Burbank where they had the the Blizzard Arena and them being there made it so much better and I, I, and I think that's maybe why I, I, I gravitated towards the Overwatch League in the first place because like I've watched esports before but like nothing really grabbed me like that did and I, I think it's because like the production value of the, the the set and the stage and all that like the crowd like there was just a dynamic to it that like had never entered the scene before that I feel like Blizzard and the Overwatch League did and we j- you just took that all away and it's back to square one and it's just like, yeah, I don't know if I can like watch this all for yeah. the rest of the year. Like, I'm, I mean,
2: I- it, it had a special charm, right? So right. like eSports e- has never really been that except for large like Worlds events or whatever for LOL or, or whatever. I'm not really big into LOL, but right. they have a bunch of different divisions that have live events yeah. and that's what people really like because it's the energy is different yeah. and when you when you see that energy even if it's on a screen and you see that energy it just brings an element to that production that you don't get with other esports yeah. so i can see why people might not be watching even me like i, I cover it and sometimes i'm like eh, i'll just pick out the stuff i need and watch it later you know, or I'll put it on in the background just to earn my tokens. You know, that's like what I,
1: that's what I've been doing a lot. <laughs> yeah, the viewership,
2: like, I think, is just gonna be all over for esports right now. Like, people thought it was gonna go up, but I actually think it went
1: down. I, I was gonna ask, do you know numbers like, like, uh, since you, if you've been in there a lot, like, do you notice, like, oh, like I know switching over to YouTube, I, I feel like hit, hit viewership a little bit. But, like, I'm I'm not sure if viewership was affected as we went on, and people like me, like, were just disinterested and just stopped watching. I'm curious if, um, if you have that.
2: I don't know exact numbers. I haven't done anything on it. I know that somebody I work with did something to that effect. It wasn't Overwatch League specific. It was more Blizzard. So they have, what, oh, um, hmm. CSGO. Is that Blizzard? Which one is Blizzard?
1: Yes. Well, no. CSGO? No. Call of Duty
2: call of duty that's the one that's the one
1: pad League, that's right yeah
2: and um so like overall it just went down because of i mean you go from twitch to youtube like youtube's not really it wasn't known for its streaming right so you have twitch which from conception was known for streaming that's where your people watch things Mm -hmm. and then you put them over to youtube it's like i personally i hated youtube i hated switch hated it yeah when i reported on it i was like I I did my first round and my editor was like this is too biased. Go do it again. And I was like <laughs> okay. So I had to redo fine, it because fine. I was way too biased because I hated it. And um to this day I still hate it. And I can't really pinpoint exactly why. I
1: I, I don't even think you need to say why. It's just because like it like it's Twitch versus YouTube gaming. That's all you got to say, right? Like we yeah. all, we all know Twitch is the better streaming platform. I think YouTube even knows that. For God's sake! Yeah, that's probably why they
2: wanted it.
1: Like, Doctor Disrespects over there now. You know, who knows? Maybe everything's he'll change. He'll change the game. But yeah, I I feel like Twitch, like it just made it better. I I, like yeah, it's hard to even like really say what what it was. But like, I I, maybe it's because we we all just use Twitch more, right? And like we're all always on it. And I feel like even if I wasn't. watching a game if the fusion weren't playing usually i wasn't watching but at least i knew it was going on or i had it up in the background to get tokens but even now i'm not even having it up as much in the background to get tokens because i feel like it's so out of the way
2: yeah and i think a bigger part of it too is that like twitch had so many good things that just aided the viewers. so you had the drop the Right, you have the drops, you have the emotes, you have the extensions. That's one thing I really miss from YouTube is the extension, because it's like, okay, what? Okay, who's playing? And then it's like, all right, now what's the score? And it's like, you know, they don't show the score 24-7 if it's a break or whatever, or they're running an ad, but in that Twitch extension, I could pull it out and see exactly who was playing, what the score was, where they were. And I could also, like, bet on it. It was like, it's just such a better experience for the viewer.
1: Yeah, I... I... I, I, do you think that's going to change? I mean, I feel it's feel like they're locked into a contract because it's active. I
2: think it was two years, if I remember correctly, oh, was the contract. Yeah. I think. I wrote the article, but I don't remember. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that was announced like what? Like probably like almost a year right ago. Right before.
2: It was announced right before they went. Remember, really? Cod, League? Cod League started <laughs> – Like, streaming on it, like, right before. Like, maybe, like, a half an hour before they were like, by the way, we're going to be on YouTube. And that's, I think, what pissed me off the most, is I'm like, wait, what the heck? I I, I could have sworn we knew. Maybe
1: maybe I'm remembering that wrong.
2: Because everybody was, like, wondering, like, are we going to go with... I guess everybody just assumed we would go with Twitch. And I remember it was, like, a half an hour before COD League, which launched maybe a week or so before Overwatch League did. And then they were like, yeah, YouTube Gaming. we were like, what? (laughs) So...
1: Yeah, it's, it's, (laughs) I feel like it it sucks because I'm really thinking, like, how does this affect next year? Are are we ever, like, is, is the Overwatch League going to recover from this? Like, are they ever going to be able to do, like, what they were trying to do? Because, like. Yeah,
2: that's a question that a lot of people are asking and I just don't have the answer to. I don't think anybody has the answer to that right now. know they're gonna do grand finals online which sucks you know me and a bunch of other people saved up money for it so
1: like is it just gonna be like another match like how are they gonna do the how are they gonna up the production for the finals
2: they're not i i mean that's just a simple answer they can't so i i don't i don't know exactly what's happening because i was doing the article about um the mvp candidates the other day and what Is happening in the postseason and it says that postseason is going to be postseason and then it was like then we're going to give them a couple weeks to figure it out and they're going to travel to the same location i guess i have no idea where that location is going to be nothing's been revealed yet but they're going to have they were like you know we need a couple weeks for logistics to get these players to the same spot i guess so that they can be you know so it can be fair and uh from what i understand it will still be done online
1: crazy a- nuts it's absolutely yeah. nuts
2: it sucks i i oh, i've been to both grand finals so far right i went to the one in right, new york we both have went to the one in philly yeah. and i was a journalist for the one in philly and oh my god i loved every second of it yeah. every second of and, it
1: and that is was where we first great. met
2: yeah, even, yeah. Even though, I have your picture is hanging on my wall in my bedroom, where I have like a bunch of honored, other pictures of proud. casters and all sorts of different interesting pictures. But I just I miss it. I miss the live event portion of it so much.
1: Yeah, I'm um, I'm curious. Um, have the casters talked about how they feel about all this, or no?
2: Um, I haven't heard anything specifically. I've talked to Zoe a couple times. Uh, behind the scenes and she hasn't really indicated to me that she's having any issues i wouldn't air them even if she did (laughs) but i don't know Uh, i would imagine it's difficult for everybody because of times and and uh time differences and stuff like that and having to be at home and i i think
1: like bren covering some of like the 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 asian teams and i'm just like dude I, like the, the schedule that is nuts like they're up like literally through the whole night i'm like that's crazy
2: yeah and it comes across too because you can tell that some of them are in apartments and they're kind of like whispering because their neighbors are gonna call the cops you know if they're right, too they loud just
1: like scream at like three in right. the morning like you'll hear that you know yeah because i
2: know Puckett had said something about that Puckett doesn't do it anymore but
1: is, i guess he had he doing other events
2: He's, I think he's doing other events, so he had talked about, like, you know, my neighbors are complaining because I'm, like, screaming at 3 o'clock in the morning. But um, other than that, I don't, I don't really know how it's affecting them. I'm sure it's affecting them just like it's affecting everybody else.
1: Yeah, it's funny how this, like, this podcast is so Corona-based, but, like, uh, it, it sucks because, but, like, it's affecting it so much that it's kind of yeah. hard to not talk about it.
2: Yeah, I mean, we would be talking about something completely different if it weren't. Right. You know, I might be like, yeah, this weekend I'm going down to DC to go, you know, do the interviews down there. Which, by the way, the uh, DC venue was probably my favorite out of the three.
1: Was it? What? What was the venue?
2: It was. Um. It was called the Anthem.
1: Okay.
0: It
2: was in. Uh. It was like right on. It was beautiful. It was like right on. Um. This bay. I guess if you'd call it river bay. I don't know what it was is beautiful and the event yeah like the <laughs> the thing itself i mean the whole place was just gorgeous and um the well the the media section was really nice too <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure for we the, were, i'm
1: sure the met is not that nice not as. uh
2: nice. the met was like a closet which the is which met,
1: is... that building is old yeah, it's say. a really
2: really really old building. So like yeah. I was not surprised that we were in a room that was very tiny that had like, you know, a couple tables and a chair.
1: <laughs> yeah, so from from what I understand that venue was renamed. It was something else. It closed for a while. They reopened it and kind of I guess redid it a little bit. Um
2: It's a gorgeous venue. It's gorgeous. Did yeah. you look up at all when you went?
1: Yes. And they have
2: that big chandelier. Oh, it's so pretty. It's
1: a very... Yeah, like, for for those who've never been there, it is, like, a very classical... um, What would that kind of venue type be? Like...
2: I mean, it's a concert venue.
1: Yeah. Because Chris and
2: I went before Overwatch League even started, and we went to, like, an Andrew McMahon concert there.
1: I saw uh, Louis C.K. there the week before Corona, actually. Yeah, but it's... I
2: mean, it's small. It's not, like... You know, it's kind of like the electric factory size, right? but with seats and, you know, like, think about any small venue you have in your town. It's it's, it's it's got like the orchestra
1: seats and, you know, it kind of goes like straight up and back a little bit. Yeah, that kind of vibe. Yeah. And I I think um, uh, that you know it worked for the most part they had a lot of technical difficulties ironically but i think i totally forgot about that it's the first time i think about that in a while but i feel like it worked out pretty well like i'm not sure what those technical difficulties were i think one was like a monitor um oh
2: yeah um oh god who was that
1: it was um, it was somebody
2: on another team it wasn't our team yeah but there were uh, there were issues at other venues too like i remember when we went to washington we were i guess they had like they didn't even pause, I don't think. And funny Astro, I talked to him about it later, and somebody had pointed it out. Um, there's a colleague of mine who works for GG Recon. His name's Sebastian. I freaking love him. He has the best questions. But he was—he noticed it. He was like, "There's something wrong, like you know, in this map. What was going on?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, my headphones were inverted. So his left ear was his his, his right, like, his right, and the right Whoa. ear was his left. And he played an entire half a map like that." Before they finally were like, "Oh no, we need to pause this and think." And he's it. like, "All
1: right, I'm done." <laughs> I get yeah,
2: it. I was like, "I was like, how did you?" I was like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah," and they still won. So I was like, "How did you manage that?" But um, that he's was good, at like DC. Him. So, but the Met was uh, the Met was probably it wasn't my least favorite venue. I love the Met. I actually think it's a really great venue. The problem was with the tickets because I had bought two and this was before like i knew that i would get a pass for media because at the, that point we didn't know who was going to be getting in and um i ended up selling my ticket to somebody once i got a media pass yeah, and then that. they ended up like splitting its tickets like they had this whole t- ticket issue um no other venue really had an issue um new york was sold out yeah for the first day
1: i um so once the fusion got in the season one finals. I got tickets because I was like, oh, oh I kid, bought it
2: before. Yeah. I knew I was going.
1: I
0: fucked
1: up. <laughs> I fucked up. Yeah, I wasn't like. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I I had no plans. I didn't even think about it. And then like once I saw like I'm like, oh my god! I was like, we could be in this. And then I, I like the the idea started Tom. formulating. And then like th- like that night I got tickets. I fr- I think off like StubHub. I think I paid like a hundred more dollars for them. They weren't
2: cheap. I think it was like $75 a ticket. I bought them before they even got um, it. So I got
1: all the days. I think it was like two, came around to like two days. Yeah, it was two
2: days. Was it three days? Or two days? I don't remember.
1: Two? Three? It
2: was two. It was two because they had one game the first day and two games the second day.
1: Right. Pretty sure. Yes. But
2: I I bought them like as soon as they went on sale because I'm a journalist and I want to go. You know, but at that point I was like,
1: you weren't going. I wasn't. Because just the fusion were there. You were going to go. Regardless. Right.
2: So, like, I, I knew that I wanted to go to experience it because I had never been to a live event, and I wanted to see what it was all about. Yeah. And um, when I got there, I was like, wow, this is really awesome, and I want to do this as a journalist next year. And then I did. <laughs> and a lot of the people, like, um, I think it was Liz Richardson and um, Victoria, like, a bunch of other people that, that write for other outlets said the same thing. Um, around last year when grand finals was happening like last year i came here as a guest and i told myself next year i was going to come here as media and we all kind of made it and it was cool to see you know everybody kind of made their dream happen and this year yeah. it's like
1: <laughs> yeah so so skip, <laughs> well, skip ahead to the 2019 season two finals how was that experience i mean i i saw you and i could tell like you were You were having so much fun, but you were fucking busy.
0: (laughs) I was so
2: busy because I had things that I wanted to get um, as far as, like, interviews go and stuff like that. And we did – we actually had a media day. So if -hmm. if people aren't journalists and they're wondering, like, what a big event like that happens as media. First of all, it wasn't hard to get a pass in. So if you are a journalist who thinks I'm too small for this or – they won't let me in because I only have X amount of viewers try anyway, because they, they let in a lot of smaller, um, media outlets. Now, I don't think they would have let in somebody who had like, you know, a WordPress and like, you know, typed up things and got maybe a thousand clicks on their articles. But if you're like, I, our website was like just starting when that was coming in. So we, we launched, God, I was with Win before Win even launched. So we
0: <laughs>
2: launched I think in November of 2018. Okay. So we hadn't even been like a year established yet. Right. But we I I got in somehow. <laughs> there you and go. um yeah, so we had a media day on Friday. So Friday was media day, there was a day in between and then Sunday was grand finals. So on media day, they had all of the teams and I have some pictures, but I'm not. I guess I can't really like show, show you them. now. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> podcasts aren't great for visuals.
1: Describe. But um, use words. <laughs> so
2: I had, they had like two separate rooms, right? So they had the shock in one room, mm-hmm. and they had uh, the titans in another room. And then they had a bunch of snacks, which was really cool. This was in that new Comcast building. So if you're not familiar with Philly, there are actually two Comcast buildings. There's one. Called like the Comcast Center or something like that. That's the really, really, really tall one with like the thing on the top. And then there's a new one, which is even taller than that, with like the little box on the top. I don't even know how to describe it. It's got like a little box that goes on top of that box. (laughs) But it's like
1: I know what you're talking about.
2: (laughs) This building was so fancy that I didn't know how the elevators worked. It was like next level, next gen type of shit. Is that the
1: the building the fusion are living in or is it the the older one? Or is it the Fusion
2: are living in apartments.
1: I thought they somewhere. I thought they lived like in like in like a penthouse somewhere. Like in a Comcast Um, building. uh,
2: Possible. I don't know. I've never asked. (laughs) I know that there are apartments in Center City. It's gotta be because I I
1: follow Poco uh, on Instagram and wherever he is, they're fucking high. high. They're high. yeah, Yeah, yeah,
2: they're really high. But I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. I know that there's two people per apartment. I know this because <laughs> when I interviewed Christopher, the coach, he was like, "Yeah, I live with, uh, I, I live with my brother. I live with Chipsa. So the, the two, they live in twos. I think Poco lives a funny Astro.
1: Oh, really? Okay.
2: Yeah, funny and funny Astro and Poco live in the same apartment. And I remember this because I asked, I don't remember what question I asked to get this <laughs> answer, but funny Astro was like yeah i go grocery shopping at wawa <laughs> anyone who doesn't know what a wawa is they're like a 7-eleven but way better <laughs> so it's like
1: I mean, yeah you can how, grocery like, shop at wawa
2: <laughs> does wawa even sell because he told me like i eat eggs orange juice and like milk and i was like that's it does Wawa sell eggs? Like yeah, yeah, they so do. Wawa sold eggs by the carton, so I was just like, "Wait, what?" You could, so anyway,
1: you could get like I, your your essentials at Wawa. Like yeah. once you once you get out of that region, you're you're pushing it, but you you know yeah. you could live off of it.
2: <laughs> oh my god! So anyway, back back to uh, grand finals time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we had media day on on that Friday shock in one room titans in another i did not like the way they did it though because they put two players at each table yeah so instead of asking
1: this i remember yeah
2: so if you have like a question for super so super and sinatra sat right next to each other which is like who most of my questions were for yeah because you've got the local over here who is from philly and then you've got like mvp candidate over here so it's like i had questions for both of them and i felt like an asshole when i was like so super and it's like you Sinatra like <laughs> I have a question for Super so and I asked Super a lot of questions about the area so it's like mm-hmm. you know Sinatra's just kind of sitting there twiddling his fingers meanwhile I have a line of like five people behind me waiting to interview these people so that's kind of how it went you got to interview two at once um my impression from that was that Krusty is the most awesome person in the Overwatch League <laughs> I love Krusty he's a great person <laughs> and he's really fun to talk to Um, and then let's see so then after was it after we had our interviews or before it was before before we had our interviews we got a speech from the somebody in overwatch league i forget who it was and then we got to hear from the team's owners and then they kind of like let us go do what we wanted to do they we also had an opportunity to interview the casters but they kind of did the same thing they broke up the casters well, at first they were all together. At first, like all of them were in one spot, and it was like impossible to get a question in because, you know, you've got the big outlets like um, Kotaku and like who else is big? I don't even know.
1: Polygon, <laughs> IGN. Polygon, yeah, uh, like Washington
2: Post. Yeah. Um, they're all there and they they are all really pushy.
1: <laughs> can I can, let me so, let me jump into your your story real quick? I I just don't want to get too far away from it just in case. Were there a lot of um. Like Philadelphia based newspapers slash sites, there. I'm just curious.
2: No, um, hmm. not at Media Day.
1: Okay, like, I'm were, curious if the Inquirer would cover that.
2: I, I, a lot of the, I didn't really hear a lot of the interviews from Media Day, I heard more from. After grand finals, so after grand finals, you know everybody. Usually, the losing team goes first, winning team goes last. So they pull us all into a room. We actually got to go into one of the media rooms at the Wells Fargo Center, which was really yeah. cool as a Flyers, yeah. as a Flyers yeah. fan. Like I got to see all this cool memorabilia. Yeah. And um, yeah, I would say ninety nine point nine percent of people there were not from the Philadelphia area and were not Philadelphia outlets.
1: Interesting. They, I, know, I know the they, news covered it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So so you had like journalists that would come for like the start of it and they would have their interview with whoever like a lot of those kinds of people want interviews from fans they don't really care about the players or anything. right because they don't they, they want to know what fans are it. doing right, right. And, yeah. and they have no idea what they're reporting on right. they have yeah, no clue what a, this that's is that's
1: <laughs> a very good point you know I, I i feel like something like that like i don't know if the if they sold out um the they, did. Okay, they did okay they did so again that's a big deal for for a video game it like just if i just heard a video game event sells out um the wells fargo center wells fargo. and it's just like what like i gotta i gotta i gotta know like you know I right feel, people I feel are gonna be like, curious right just at least curious to see what's going on but i mean yeah the news did cover it i i, I saw and my mom actually told me and mm-hmm. um i i they they put out like um banners on light posts like in the city and i was like yeah it did wow i was like yeah. that's really cool
2: <laughs> yeah it was a big weekend for me because all of my journalist friends all had to come to me
1: yeah, <laughs> it felt great because i'm like oh man here's you minutes. from what i said all you had to do is drive 20 minutes
2: yeah well i didn't even do that i took the train oh, <laughs> so nice. it's like you know i would go over i went over for media day and then when we were done media day it's like all right where are we going drinking you know like it's like the journalists were just let loose on philadelphia and, you know, you've got, um like, Liz, who's from Chicago, and Connor, who was from – I think he's from Texas. And Kate – I don't remember where Kate's from. All of these people from all these different places had to come to Philly to where I live <laughs>
1: to like,
2: come cover it. Yeah, and we, we, we had a really good time. We just
1: – It really seems – like It seems like you did. Like, just from the – like, w- how, what we've talked about in the past. Like, it seems like it was just the a... – a ball like i was on top of the world like yeah that's awesome because
2: chris chris likes it to an extent chris likes doing like the the live events and yeah my husband and after uh after he wasn't my husband at the time (laughs) 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 that's the thing grand finals was a week before Before my wedding
1: wedding. yeah i remember that week
2: and i remember every time i come up to Puckett um when he was at the desk he would point me out and go this girl's getting married next week and like the whole crowd would go crazy i'm like can you not what if it what <laughs> if
1: it was your like wedding weekend what would you've done
2: well if it were my wedding weekend my wedding was on a saturday right right i would have been at media day i would have gotten married and i would have the grand finals on sunday
1: <laughs> oh my god oh yeah 100%. true it was only it was only one day i forgot it about was that. only
2: on sunday i mean obviously i would have gotten married and i would have missed it but like <laughs> if it were on if that had happened i and i told this to chris i was Ugh. like i would have gone to our wedding and then the next day i would have gone to grand finals and he's like i wouldn't expect anything less <laughs> and that's what so made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, a made it into our vows because he was like i'm so yeah, proud yeah. of you because you chased your dreams and you made it and i'm like oh you're so sweet <laughs> we actually we wore um fusion jerseys at our wedding
1: i know i saw
2: yeah yeah so it was, <laughs> it was pretty neat um <laughs> yeah, we we had a fusion kind of. Yeah, wedding. and you got I mean, Zoe, Zoe
1: and Zoe and Puckett, was that it, who did the little vo? It was the
2: entire cast. Oh, so really? um Zoe actually was the one that set it up. Okay. And then um Puckett did a lot of it and then I had Bren, Hex and Sideshow. So Puckett, Bren, Hex and Sideshow all did some part of it. And they recorded my intro to the reception, yeah that's pretty
0: neat that's dope and i had
2: i had some people like in my crowd that knew who it was like that guy i mentioned that lives in westchester he knew what it was he was like that's really cool and i was like yeah i know
0: fuck yeah it is (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) so yeah let's let's go back to um (laughs) what we're talking about uh media day and i don't even know where we left off uh i went
2: all the way through grand finals i mean grand finals was a freaking whirlwind yeah You know, like, I I wanted pictures, I wanted to make sure I got pieces done, so, like, right as soon as the event was over, like, as soon as that confetti went up, I was running to the back where they were going to take us down to the media room, and Mm -hmm. I was, like, third seat, I was in the front row, and, uh, got to ask my questions, I was so nervous, because, you know, before this, what live event had I done? None! I did zero live events, so I had no clue what to expect. I had to go in with a question that would be beneficial to me and also beneficial to everybody else in the room.
0: Okay. Because that's what
2: a Scrum-style interview is. So a Scrum-style interview is where everybody's there, everybody coddles around the people that they're interviewing, and they have their hands out with the recorders, and they're like, right. what's the answer to this? Mm-hmm. And it's, um, I hate it, <laughs> but that's yeah, the way it is. Yeah, it's kind of,
1: I, I imagine it's like, you got to be aggressive.
2: yeah. Anyway. I, Used to be pushy and, yeah. and I'm pushy to an extent. I ask my one question that I really, really want to get answered that I can write something around and then hope that the rest of the people and we're us freelance journals, we're a pretty um pretty good bunch. We pretty much like kinda share our questions, like, Oh, what are you gonna ask? And like what do you have? And Right. So you're you not know, asking ch- the
1: same questions and Exactly. Yeah, right.
2: You get some stupid ones. We had one.
1: Yeah, that yeah. Uh, that's like, a, a, that's like a, a Comic-Con a... panel when, like, you know, I don't know.
2: Shout out my mom! Chris, you know, like...
1: Chris Hemsworth is doing a panel, and somebody asks him, like, about the next Avengers movie or Thor movie, and, like, he he can't answer that fucking question. Why would you waste an opportunity like that?
2: Would you like to hear the yes. worst that I heard? Yeah, okay. Go for it. <laughs> it was at the one Philly one. Okay i don't know where the hell this guy came from okay when i say they let anyone in i mean they let anyone in i don't know where i think he had his own website i'm not sure he goes this is takuki who is the coach of the florida mayhem okay who um has had his stuff translated but does understand and speak a little bit of english Mm -hmm. he asks and he asks of both teams the fusion and the mayhem and he's like I bought the game two weeks ago. What tips can you give me to be a better player? No. And I'm sitting no, there like... No! What? I was like, bitch. Really? <laughs> said, is... everybody in this room Wait, everyone knows just went how like... to play the game.
0: What? Yeah, yeah. All of us
2: journalists were like... <laughs> what? What? Why would you... Yeah. And you know what's funny is that I was talking to Funny Astro. I think I was asking him a question because I was teaching that class I was supposed to teach for, on journalism... And I was like, what about journalists drives you crazy? He's like, there was that one guy that asked that question about the game itself and like how he can be better. And I was like, I remember that guy. So I guarantee you the players remembered it.
1: What was the pro answer? Well, Well,
2: Kookie, (laughs) Kookie, who was getting his questions translated and answering back in, um, I'm guessing he speaks Korean. I'm not sure what, where he's from. He answers in English. Just play the game. Yeah. <laughs> I became a kooky uh, fan after that.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. He he was clearly in the mindset of everyone else. Like, dude, come on. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah, that's like, exactly. that's the question you're going to ask? Like, come on, man.
2: There's video of it.
1: Ugh, That's embarrassing.
2: <laughs> and I went back and watched it. Because I don't think I was there for that interview. But I heard him say the question to the Fusion. And I <laughs> just went back well, who, and watched who the Mayhem on the Fusion one. did he I'm, ask? Well, he just gave a general question. I think Poco had answered, and he gave an actual answer, but he's like, like, Poco, yeah,
1: um, you know, play like I well. don't think
2: Poco likes <laughs> the interviews. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you know, just uh, just play the game and get better. And, I was know, like, let me, you know let let me do like is. a
1: deep like French accent. like <laughs> yeah,
2: Poco's really hard to hear in, uh, in those interviews. I don't think anybody on the team really likes doing them. So, you know, you get Why your people you that really like doing them. Uh, I don't know, they're just very monotone with their answers, and I don't know, they just kind of seem like they don't want to be there. Which I get, you know, after every match, especially when you lose, like, the last thing you want to do is answer questions from a bunch of people you don't know. And you don't want to say the wrong thing. Right. um, The people I liked interviewing the most, though, was the Justice. Because Corey and Stratus were like, (laughs) ragtag team. They were
1: fun. So I was a kid who's sitting behind us, me and my friend, was Corey's cousin. It was...
2: Oh, yeah.
1: I met Corey's mom. And we were, like... He was, like, telling us all this stuff when we were talking about it. And I was just, like... This is, like, way too funny. Here's,
2: here's the thing. So, I, I met Corey's mom.
1: Okay. And if that you ever Cole's noticed mom.
2: Corey... <laughs> here's the thing.
0: Nice uh, me and
2: Me and Mando were sitting, like, on the side at the first Washington event. And she saw us there, and I had my laptop. I always have my laptop with me to write down, like, ideas I might have... And she comes up to us, and she's like, are you guys journalists? And we're like, yeah. And she's like, I'm Corey's mom. She was so <laughs> sweet. I loved her. So. <laughs> no, I loved her, but she was like, she was asking us to explain the game to her because she uh, didn't understand. She's like, yeah. I sent off my kid to California to go play this game. And, you know, here he is playing a game that I have no idea what it is. So we were teaching her, like, how to, like, tell what was happening in the game. And then she's she's like, you know, if you ever ask Corey, he's so quiet, and he doesn't, he doesn't want to give out much stuff like he doesn't put anything on twitter but i'm the opposite she's like so if you ever want an interview let me know <laughs> She was so cute i love her in
1: the life of cory
2: <laughs> and Stratus's mom is really cool we met a lot of moms and like siblings and stuff
1: yeah i mean you know most of these guys are 18 19 20 who's the oldest they're guy? young
2: uh it used to be fraggy he was 26 i yeah. don't know who's the oldest now
1: hmm. rip I, don't M- know. I miss, miss, fraggy. miss that guy yeah i miss fraggy he gave such
2: good interviews he was so fun to hug, too. The, he was so the big. The key to the
1: fusion <laughs> success in season one, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And then in season yeah. two, don't even get me started.
2: Yeah. I I see the one interview I did with Christopher. I flat out, I had a 20-minute interview with Christopher, which is like unheard of. Like, usually they're five, maybe ten minutes. I okay. had a 20-minute interview with Christopher where I hounded him about Chipsa and mm-hmm. about Sato. <laughs> <laughs> i had so many good questions for this man i felt bad that i kept him but he was a really good sport about it and uh I, yeah he was my longest interview
1: were they may i mean were they mainly negative at least towards sato
2: they were criticisms yeah, yeah. um well he he had said like everybody said sato was bad last year yeah. he didn't improve at all and i was like didn't improve at all you say <laughs> so like i kind of went into that because that was said at a scrum style interview and i had a one-on-one with him and I was like, so I was like, do you really believe that he didn't improve at all? And he's like, well, I didn't say he didn't improve at all. He worked with Moby Dick over the uh, over the off season, who is one of their like one on one coaches. So he he did. He he kind of was like, yeah, he improved. And I'm like, I kind of got him to say it because <laughs> he had said like, no, Sutter didn't improve. He was always that good. And I was like, Macheky there. <laughs>
1: that's a that's an interesting way to go at it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know I'm very critical of Sato, so...
2: I think everybody is. And I I think, like, everybody, yeah, I think has,
1: everybody is.
2: I think everybody has good reason to. He makes some very questionable decisions, but he stopped. Like, but the difference between Sato with Season 2 and Season 3 is that Sato stopped making questionable decisions. Yeah. I think besides he had, like, one where he, like, jumped off the... Oh, that was... Jumped into the river and pair... Was it Parrot? Rialto. It was in Rialto. He, like, jumped in the That was, like, river. early in
1: the season, right? I rem- I think I remember that. Yeah, really early. Yeah, and they yeah, were like, oh,
2: he did it on purpose because it made the team turn around. And I was like, no,
1: he didn't. Yeah, I was like, probably
2: not. <laughs> no, he didn't. No he made just, those kinds of things No one charges off by accident.
1: <laughs> or on purpose. Yes, yeah, so he,
2: he just stopped making those questionable decisions, and that's where he really improved. He always had the technical skill. I will say that. Yeah. He I, had the I, technical I, skill, but not the the game Knowledge,
1: skill. I, I never thought Sato was like trash. I just don't think he synergized mm-hmm. with the team well. Like it just showed. and, and like he always like like I, you know the fusion is a, a ballsy team. They've always had mm-hmm. been, which is like a Philadelphia kind of trope. So it's it, it's funny that they're 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 like that. But I feel like Sato would just do things that and not be ballsy with the rest of the team, but would be ballsy by himself and then right. screw everything up.
2: that was the problem was that he didn't like especially when he played Winston like he was heralded as a pretty exceptional Winston player but he would jump in and then wouldn't know when to jump back out and he really did improve his game know-how and I think that's why people are like oh he's so good now and it's like well yeah he never improved it's like yes he did he didn't improve you know skill wise but he improved game knowledge wise
1: how do you think the fusion are doing this year as a whole
2: (laughs) well um (laughs) If here's the thing, I, I spoke to Alarm right before it and uh, he was like, you know, they've always had trouble with Paris and they've yeah. always had trouble Which is winning weird, right? anything
1: with Paris. It's such a I, I don't, like <laughs> they're not like that great of a team. And I'm just like, what the they're fuck? a good team. I, I don't know they're, like they're a the, good. they're team. on the edge, I feel, but I feel like we can beat them. And it's just like every time it's like
2: right. <laughs> Here's the thing. um, me and Mando, who is another uh, journalist she writes for the game house, she um she does some stuff for for Paris. She does some like admin stuff for them. And I've obviously I, the more and more I become a journalist, the more and more I don't have a favorite team, I just really. I like to watch the games, but I still have this weird loyalty to the fusion. Like if you, if you pit the fusion against anybody else, I find myself rooting for fusion and like, you know, screaming at my monitor, like, what are you doing? And, but the more and more I become a journalist, the the less and less I have loyalty to the team. However, with the fusion, I tend to still have my loyalty there. So when Paris and then Philly plays each other, me and her are always kind of going at it, <laughs> and uh, it's it's almost become a rivalry now between the two of them. So it's fun to watch. You know, they're, they're, it's always a good match.
1: Yeah, I felt like that rivalry was, or at least it was, when uh, with the Spitfire, like even in season one, and then kind of after, and then it kind of fizzled out.
2: Here's the thing with that: like after season one, they cleaned house. Like they literally got rid of the entire team and, and got oh, a new ones. So,
1: they like, Spitfire, yeah. Yeah, so they that's went like, from like the best to like eh.
2: mediocre. Yeah, like, no, I would so say like,
1: the worst, but eh.
2: no, I would say mediocre though, yeah. like right in the middle of the pack. Yeah. But like that kind of got rid of the because you know, when you think of a team and a rivalry, it's like you know, the players play an integral part in that. So when they cleaned house, it's like all right, well, yeah, it's not the same anymore. So now that you know, Paris and Philly are the rival teams. It's always those teams that that give a good match right so like houston and philly at one point were a good a good match because houston always
1: gave us a hard time i loved like the outlaw season one and then they just kind Mm -hmm. of they got they they got like worse and then jake stepped out and i loved jake and 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 i was just like ah damn and then i feel like they never really got their steam back um I I thought uh, in season two with Atlanta Rain, especially when Defran was on Atlanta Rain, that was like God. holy shit. These games are like that first match I think of season two. That game was neck and neck the entire way, and it was like and those are wow, the best. wow, those are the best I, games. It was it was unbelievable. I was like Atlanta Rain. I was like I'll see him at the end. Like I, I was like unbelievably blown away by them. They um,
2: they had such a cast of characters too. Like yeah. up until I mean, recently,
0: DeFran.
2: I first of all, if you're gonna ask, if you ask me, who's your least favorite person to write about? Defran is like one or two on that list. I hate writing about Defran because he's always doing something he, stupid. He's he's
1: a memer. <laughs> he's for the memes, you know. He's,
2: he's always he's, doing something stupid. He drives yeah. me crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I like, get
1: it. I just think he he sometimes like when you're saying like sometimes the players can be a little monotone. He's the exact opposite of that.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's that larger than life, personality. And then, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, the very last event I went to was Washington, and I was sitting there with the team, because they were all... Uh, for some reason, the press area was the cool spot to hang out when the games were done. So, like, I would walk into the press room, and there'd be, like, Sideshow doing an interview with somebody. Like, he, he does some kind of personal interview on, like, his own YouTube. And then, like, I'd have to tiptoe around him, and then, like, there'd be you know baby bay, like sitting there eating a banana like they all stole our food and our water <laughs> just, like, <laughs> like literally the first thing i saw when i walked into the media room was poco coming out and he literally like just grabbed a banana and started like oh. around. i'm like Are you really gonna steal our food man <laughs> like get out of here you know i'm sure you have your own food somewhere else like we we get freaking fruit and cookies get out yeah, of here <laughs> but they would just hang out and i remember the last event i went to in dc they were pulling the uh the hero pools mm-hmm. and it was so much fun to watch because baby bay was standing right there and he's one of those you know larger than life personalities too and he was just so much fun to watch he's sitting there he's like come on come on baby he's like ugh, oh, he was so much fun to watch and that's what i miss about going to the live events is like watching these personalities
0: yeah and, and yeah
2: just seeing it and seeing what the teams are like. And like, I remember we interviewed Boston for a while in fusions. We got into talking about like what he plays when he's not playing overwatch. And like him and one of the other journalists got into like a conversation about smash brothers. And it was like, you know, those kinds of interactions are the, the interactions that you really love as a journalist, because then you can write about it. You know, like they're positive interactions that you had that were unintended, but now everybody in the room is now interested in what you're saying even though you're having a conversation. So like you get to write about that because you had the conversation about it and mm-hmm. it's cool and you, you can pull things out of stuff. Like somebody said this, well, let me delve into that. But with a text interview, it's like you said this and now I can't send follow-up questions because it's a text interview.
1: I'm curious. Um, I mean, I know I asked like, oh, I wonder how the casters feel. I wonder how the players feel
2: um I've had you know what I actually had
1: of an experience just like a lot of people have with a lot of different things during this like you're like people graduating from college or high school like you got robbed of a moment like graduation's like a thing you only do it once or twice like
2: so I had an answer from so I asked alarm like that question right so I asked him how you feeling
1: bro (laughs) hi
2: yeah I said like you know how you feel about all this and he gave me an answer and when cut it out I don't know why but for some reason we're not allowed to talk about the um the virus i said yeah it's
1: because it's probably like it's just a slippery slope like sort of like right now like we just keep talking about it right like not in a negative way like i don't mind talking about it but like you know
2: (laughs) so if you want to go by alarms answer i said um you came into an overwatch league into overwatch league in a season that's very different how has the virus impacted your team and your personal performance and he said the virus has impacted all overwatch league teams including ours I think the players are struggling a bit since there are fewer things to do for stress relief, yeah. especially when you cannot visit home or go outside for activities. Fortunately, my teammates are close to each other. We don't feel as homesick, so that was his answer. I didn't get to put it in the win
1: interview it's a, so. it's, a it's a good answer I like that like I feel it like, is a good I feel answer. like it's pretty legit and it's just like honest like hey like uh i'm I'm friends with my team, so it's not like I don't you know it it makes the the shittiness of the situation a little less shitty.
2: Yeah, because here's the thing, too. Like, we would ask that. I actually wanted to write an entire article on burnout, and I think I did eventually. But I, that's a lot of what my questions revolved around when I was at physical events. I was like, how are you not going to burn out? Because you're traveling, you're practicing 12 hours a day, you're doing this, you're doing that. Like, what do you do for fun? You know, yeah. like, that was a question. Like, what right. do you do for fun? Right. And um, a lot of people said sleep. And it's I
1: think a that, shitty answer, but I, yeah. like, it's no, probably but it's, the honest truth.
2: <laughs> it hides a lot of things behind it. Right. So like, if sleep is what you do, like you must be tired, you know, like you must be tired from doing all of this stuff. Like, what do you, you know, what do you, how do you prevent burnout? And they're like, a lot of people did not have a good answer for that. You know, like I, I had one person who was just like, I don't know, you know, and it, it's sad because and I mean, and, how do you supposed to fix it?
1: You know, these aren't, adults either you know right. they're you know I, I, ha- they're
2: 18 19 this is their first right. experience way from home
1: right like how are they supposed to feel they probably don't really know i mean they're and they're right it's not like they're probably you know giving you a bullshit answer to give you a bullshit answer they're probably literally don't know and they don't know how to answer you because they just don't know
2: <laughs> yeah some people would say like you know i take breaks and like some coaches would step in and be like you know we take the team out for like fun nights like we go bowling or we do this or we do that Um, when I asked the fusion, that question, they said, we don't have time for that, which is interesting to me. Some of the players have said that they go out for dinner. You know,
1: they're they're number two. So I get it, I guess. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's what it takes, but I feel bad for the players that, you know, they get burnt out because of it. And I think we've seen a lot of that, especially this season with, with everything going on. And I think a lot of it, I
1: think if next year continues like this, I think it's going to get even worse. I, yeah, they I, need I to really fix it. hope, for everyone's sake, that the Overwatch League is, is somewhat back. And it's just like, we were robbed of a year that esports was going to prove something. And right. It's just like, are, is that opportunity now in the trash? Or are we going to get it again when things open up?
2: That's a question I should probably start asking. Um, maybe towards the end of the season. You know, towards like maybe after the season, start getting coaches views on what's going to happen
1: right but I mean, um how much of the season do we have left i know we're nearing it
2: not or, much yeah. uh grand final not grand finals postseason starts september 3rd
1: and
0: then when so i think finals? we have like we have i think date? we have
2: two more weeks of regular season there's no date for grand finals it's it's not determined yet because they still need to like figure out who the teams are going to be and then how to get them to wherever I don't know where they're yeah, going
1: cuz so yeah I'm I, I'm looking at like the entirety of the standings so far I and I didn't I don't think I knew the Shanghai was in first.
2: Yeah, they are. Yeah. Well, APAC happens when we're sleeping.
1: True. That might be a reason why I'm totally in the mm-hmm. dark.
2: Yeah, but I think here's how I think they should fix it and they've already kind of done it. Because this tournament schedule, like, the way they do the tournaments, like, every other month is a tournament, and there's, like, maybe some sporadic games in between. I think that's your fix. That's your fix for player burnout, because they have a month, right, where they're grinding, 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 and they get this thing at the end, and it builds a lot of anticipation for viewers, because at the end of it, like, there's always good games, because every time they're funneling down, falling down, falling down, until they get the, like, the good teams together. Mm -hmm. So if they do that, they have, like, a month where they're, grinding and then like a month where they're a little more lax
0: you
1: know and
2: they get to kind of relax a little bit do
1: you like the way they did it this year as opposed to season one and two
2: after the virus hit and they started doing the tournament
1: yeah true i guess it's changed a little bit
2: i do like the way they did it um i kind of wish they had done that from the start i feel like they could do that and have like you know two weeks in one location two weeks in another location kind of spread that out Mm-hmm. and have it so that every location gets one
0: mm-hmm.
2: um they were really really overzealous i think with the way they were gonna have it i mean they were gonna be in dc five times five times
1: the way the schedule was and you know when we were talking about doing that uh podcast we were looking at the schedule and it's just like it is really non-stop
0: it is it, yeah it was
1: like one thing after another it's like how the hell is the fusion going from like wherever to like across the country in like like a day i was like what
2: the fusion had it easy i think i forget who it was i know paris moved to new jersey they're actually in north jersey right now
1: really where were they
2: well i guess they never planned on being in paris they always planned on being in jersey
1: interesting where in jersey
2: they're in north jersey
1: like do you know the town I have no idea. I'm I'm genuinely curious (laughs) just because it's relevant to us. It's not like, Oh, it's North Dakota. No, it's Jersey. (laughs) I think they're
2: probably, I think they're probably in the Brunswick area. It's probably a platform, but
1: interesting. That's cool. That
2: way. So their schedule had them in DC and New York a lot. It actually made more sense for them to be in South Jersey because they were in DC more than they were in New York. So I don't know why they picked North Jersey, but that's, that's just what teams had to do in order to like make it easier on the players.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to watch the playoffs, but it just sucks. It's not going to be hype as hell like it usually is.
2: Here's the thing. I think Fusion's going to make it. Yeah, and I then think they, think they are going to do it. A... And
1: we get robbed!
2: <laughs> we every, robbed! Every time. I could, like, they went up against the Shock, and I was like, listen, <sighs> they beat Paris. They're on a roll. They didn't even play Carpe this weekend. They played Hisu. <laughs> so, like, they're... So, finally, I can shut people up that say, oh, they're only the team because of Carpe. Like, no, they're nah, not. Carpe's me. not the only person on the team but he's he's yeah. uh,
1: he's the he's he's um he's weapon X over here. He's the X factor, but the team is also very good.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. The
1: whole team. So about the finals, where did you hear mm-hmm. that it was going to be in Vegas?
2: I heard it from another journalist
1: who like um, heard it through the grapevine. Cuz that's interesting. I don't know
2: where they heard it.
1: Cuz all I know god, sorry. Is
2: that all I know is that they said They heard it was going to be Vegas, and it made sense. But it also kind of hid something bigger because they were like, "Well, when you have an event in Vegas like that, you have it at a casino, where it was probably going to be in a casino. What else is there?"
1: Right. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah.
2: Um, When you do that, that would have been cool. You don't have to actually pay for the venue because they make so much money off off of the tickets and off of the hotel rooms
1: and and off of the people that
2: gamble (laughs) that they don't. They don't <laughs> yeah, They don't charge you to actually have the event there. So they were like, you know, think of what other teams own or what owners of the other teams have, right? So you've got, I think, Texas, they have one. Then you've got, uh, I think, Vancouver has one, like an esports arena. But they're all too small, right? So, like, then you go to those teams that are in the big cities, like Los Angeles and Philadelphia, Massachusetts, you know, Boston – and those places, Boston, they're not going to have it there. Their team sucks. <laughs> and, you know, but it's like, where can you have this thing at a large venue? I mean, they sold out Wells Fargo,
1: which is a large venue. So, what, were the Barclays Center and Wells Fargo Center not good enough, do you think? Like, did they need to go I don't bigger? think
2: they wanted to have it there again.
1: I couldn't see... Uh, so, what I thought, and maybe this is just how it ended up. So... Barclays, whatever. They just picked the Barclays because New York. Um, right? And then uh, Fusion versus Spitfire, so I'm like, maybe it's going to be in London, probably not, because of you. And, or Philly, because we were in it. And then and I was like, Philly, I was like, oh, fuck! Like, that's awesome. So then this yeah. year, I'm like, is it going to be in San Francisco? Or is it going to be in um, Vancouver? Like, I
2: thought I, I it thought- was going to be Somewhere outside of the United States. Yeah. I was like, I don't know where it's going to be, but I don't think it's going to be in the U.S. I think it's going to be – if I were to guess, I thought it would be in Korea, right? Because that's just – That would have
1: been crazy. That
2: just makes a whole lot of sense, right? Yeah. They can can fill, like, an entire Olympic arena in Korea. Right. So if you want to make your money, that's where you put it, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what I thought, and I'm like, there's no way in hell I'm getting to Korea. You know? (laughs) There's
1: just no way. Yeah, that's not happening. Yeah.
2: But I saved up just in case they had it in Las Vegas, which I didn't think was – I'm not sure how substantiated that rumor was. But in case they had it somewhere in the United States or in Canada or, like, somewhere I could easily get to, I was like, I want to have the money saved up. And now, uh, yeah, now it's now it's being spent on kitchen cabinets. <laughs> so,
1: Such a shame.
2: It sucks. It sucks. It really does.
1: So, um... Well, we'll kind of wrap up here, but do you, uh, I know – I feel like you asked me this question the last time we brought it up. What's going on with the Fusion Arena?
2: That's a good question. I haven't heard anything since uh, – I mean, COVID I probably
1: probably construction, you know. Have you, could,
2: been, have you been by it at all?
1: I've been into Philly once since March. You know, ironically, I was in Philly. The weekend sports shutdown, I was uh-huh. in – do you, you ever hear the Bar of Misconduct? In Center City? I've heard of it. Okay, I've heard so of it. So I was in misconduct a sports bar on mm-hmm. a Friday night with twelve people in it with no sports on. I that oh. will never happen again. Ever. Wow. I, it was it was it was like holy shit. Like I, I had plans <laughs> to go out with coworkers, so we kept them. So and everything was just starting to shut down, like like
0: mm-hmm. like
1: it wasn't it wasn't bad yet. I mean it was bad, but we didn't know it was gonna be bad. Right, and, yeah. Uh, I, and the I city remember was dead. And that was the last time I was in the city, and then I, and I went uh, I went there again recently because um my friends were having some people over in the city, and there was like a small group of us in like mm-hmm. in like end of May or June or something like that, so as things kind of cleared up, but no, I have not been down there, so I don't know what the fuck's going on.:
2: yeah i the last I heard was at the uh, one Philly event. And I, <laughs> I, cornered Joe Marsh, and I know he's like the CEO of T One now, but he still he still knows what's going on. And I said, "Listen, I said, Joe, tell me what's going on." And he's like, "Oh, you know, uh, we had to get the clearance to dig up the ground because you know, because the stadium's right there. You know, there's some um, underground stuff that we have to make sure that we don't hit." Which made sense to okay, me at the makes, time. That makes sense. But at the same time, I'm like. Okay, but, like, if we don't see any movement within, like, two months, something's happening here, you know? And this was a big thing, you know? Like, they had an entire event focused around this arena, and they had—I mean, it seems like such a cool arena. I'm really, really hoping they let me see it before it opens. Like, I want to go in and see it and write an entire thing about it and, like, have this whole feature article about here's what you can expect and all this other stuff. And um I actually Brand had asked— with you. <laughs> I had actually asked Fusion PR um, to work with them on a piece leading up to the the, the finishing of it. It's supposed to finish in January. Yeah, you
1: know, like, they're happening.
2: supposed to be ready well, for the next season.
1: Yeah, that's, that's not happening.
2: I don't think it's going to happen. And I haven't asked anything. I probably should. But the thing is, the last time I asked about it was probably maybe mid-May. I had asked Kelsey, I was like, listen, I really want to do this great piece on how you're building it, how it comes along, you know, I want to talk to the people who are in charge of building it, and she was just like, yeah, she basically dismissed it, I forget how she dismissed it, because I had asked about something else at the same time, and um, so I'm thinking, so from that interaction, I'm like, okay. So I'll have to remember the next time I drive over there. I mean, I, I'm not going anywhere right now, but right.
1: I, I don't. I don't know why I'd be in that area. I mean, the only reason I'd be in the city Shame. is because I'm going to a friend's place. Like that's it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like Philly, as of um, this, we're recording this August 10th, is still like pretty locked down. The suburbs aren't though.
2: Yeah, all of New Jersey is such a terrible mess.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it has I, I been know. from the beginning. I mean, half of us, half of us are going to the shore, so were yeah
2: responsible. that's that's literally what i'm doing for my vacation my grandmother has an empty shore house and that's where we're going and that's
1: yeah, it <laughs> i want I, I i ironically i got my passport renewed i went to go get it renewed in february and i got it in may so like two months late but What I got a it. what a
2: salt in the wound.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I wanted to, I wanted to travel and like uh like I I haven't like had that travel bug, but like recently I was like okay like I I want to like go do some like international stuff and like some of my friends are doing some international travel, and I had like I had I didn't have my passport and I wasn't like financially like ready to do it, but now I'm like right. okay, and then now I'm trying to move out, so uh, you know I'm uh, I want to travel and like an Overwatch would have been a great like. You know, mm-hmm. either to cons or something like that. I would love to, like, get out to Seattle, like, do a vacation and then do PAX um, West or, you know, whatever. That's PAX. what we were
2: talking about, doing. We were talking about doing PAX West.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> we were going to do that. it
2: next year, but not yet. Doing, I don't even like, like, know if East is going to happen. That's we'll in see. March. Yeah.
1: We'll see. I, I, I don't think – I wouldn't cross it off just yet. Um but, I, don't, I don't know. But at the same time somebody was probably like, "Yo, no, cross that shit off the list." That's what yeah. <laughs> Um yeah, cuz that happened like what? The w- the week before all this.
2: I know when it happened because my the anniversary of dating was on March 20th, and I think that weekend is when our governor shut everything down. So I, it was that weekend. I wonder if us.
1: I wonder if any cases came out of it. I didn't hear you didn't hear about it, so I feel like nothing did. If you, you know it's funny it.
2: because that interview i had with christopher i shook his hand and i thought after that like i really shouldn't have done that i should have just done like the elbow thing or something <laughs> because at that point yeah that was like early march so at that point like we knew that it was happening like we knew it was a thing right and even at we even just... at
1: uh the brotherly lo- uh, love event like that
0: right the china yeah.
1: the the asian teams had stopped playing or they weren't doing travel right. there like right it's kind of funny like we knew about it but like like, uh, it wasn't here yet right it we wasn't were, in the u.s it was so, such like, when, a different game
2: right so in early march like california had just gotten its first cakes. so like that's why i was like oh yeah shake my hand but like people weren't doing that you know they were kind of doing the elbow thing right around that time because i remember i saw atlanta's content creator his name's dan i saw him and i was like i would hug you if this wasn't like a thing and he's like yeah don't touch me <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah everyone so, was like yeah yeah, even still people yeah. are kind of weird about it I'm I'm not as uh like you know I'm not gonna go up and hug random strangers but I'm not as I, I went out to eat recently I'm kind of like all right I just want to go back to yeah. work
2: I'm, I'm not doing that here it's, New Jersey has always been really really bad so I'm just I'm just staying home man I go into Target and BJ's and like that's it
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I mean I'm going to the gym and like that's kind of it like I and I've (laughs) been seeing some apartments but like other than that it's not like not doing too much like going to people's houses occasionally but not like not huge groups I started playing D&D the other week (laughs) oh really yeah yeah that's awesome yeah so that's been fun but anyway back to um in closing sort of Mhm. will we'll we'll get there um so yeah you obviously like you love what you're doing it's very clear (laughs) <laughs> from this conversation that this is this is what you want to do.
2: I definitely miss it. I miss it a whole lot. I miss the
1: yeah. the I interview mean,
2: aspect the most. I mean, yeah. you know, coming from a place where my first interaction with like players and like getting to interview them was grand finals. And now, like, being able to do it. So, I've done it, like, what, like, three or four times in person at the events. Like, and I feel... this year
1: was going to be the year you'd get that experience right. and you were robbed yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And it's like, you know, I feel seasoned at this point. Like, I feel comfortable. I'm nervous before every interview. Every interview. It's yeah. never going to go away. But, like, I love that feeling. And, like, my happiest times. Like, you look back on my pictures of, like, the days where I went. Like, my happiest times was when I was on my way to an event. Yeah. And it was tiring, but I loved it. Right. That's why I keep at it. But it's like, it was tough there for and, the first couple months.
1: And I think you mentioned it, and we talked about it a little beforehand, but, like, you were going to do a, an esports class at, at Rowan. And right. That that fell through, too, and that sucks because that, yeah. like, when you told me that, I was like, that's awesome. Like, that is so yeah. cool.
2: They were going to pay me a hot fit of money, too. Like, I was ready for it. And it was like a $3,500 stipend per class I taught. So it's like it was an online class that was supposed to be, like, four weeks long. So it's like after a month, I got paid like thirty five hundred bucks for a class I've already developed, so I was going to be paid about thirty five hundred to develop the class and then thirty five hundred to teach it
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I was like all for that because I'm like, yeah, it's gonna be a lot of work, but I love what I do, and I love telling people about it, and I would love to teach people how to do it. but um I think with everything that happened, I think they got overloaded trying to get the majority of their courses online, right, and ours were supposed to be online, so like their priority went to
1: Everything existing else.
2: courses right. as opposed to new courses. Right. So maybe next semester, next year. I, I don't know.
1: I really hope I would, I would love to hear what you have to say about that. And I would love to like do another podcast and we could talk about that. Cause that is fucking very interesting. Cause again, it's, it's just like, it's a totally new area that like nobody knows that much about. And you're, you know, video cool. games journalism is a thing, but you're in a, I, I guess I would say niche part of video game journalism, which is esports
2: yeah it's it, even video game journalism is already niche as it is so it's like yeah you get into that portion of esports and it's like so you've got people that play video games in your little like you know venn diagram you've got like the people that play video games <laughs> and the people that watch esports and like that overlap is about this big it's really tiny so it's like you know people that watch esports don't always play the game right. so like you've got that that balance of like do i write for people that play the game or do i write for people that watch the game and uh it's always a little difficult to, to figure out how to grip that audience. And that's a question I get asked a lot. It's like, Well, how do you bring in that audience? It's like, well, you write about interesting things. So as an esports journalist, you won't find an esports journalist that is not a fan of an esport. So yeah. you think to yourself, like, what do I want to know? So when I ask my questions to Alarm, I'm a little bit more limited in a text interview because when I have an in-person interview they can let loose in front of me and say what they're thinking at that exact moment in time. And then I can get cool answers that people really want to know the, you know, the answer to. And with the text interview, it's more like, well, I have to behave because I know PR is watching (laughs) and you don't want to burn that bridge with the team. Right. So you just, you just do, you know, the questions that are expected of you and try to find some kind of angle. So for me, it was like, it kind of sucked for me because I got his answers the day he was nominated as MVP for alarm. So like, I didn't get to ask those questions because I had given her the questions like on Monday and she got them back to me on Friday. So it's like for me to go and he needs a translator. So for me to go mm-hmm. ask another question, she was like, well, I can't get it to you because his tutor isn't back until Monday. So oh. I couldn't get the answers. Cause I, I shot her back an email real quick and she was answering me quickly, but like we couldn't get that answer just because he, he doesn't speak enough English for somebody to translate it to get it back to me so that's another thing that i run into a lot I was gonna is say, that that's interviewing... another
1: huge roadblock with all of this is language, right
2: so interviewing a an asian um player is difficult because uh, you know whether they're a chinese player or a korean player you need a translator and lost in translation is such a thing for example i interviewed architect before grand finals and i said um are you nervous? You know, this is your first grand finals. Are you nervous? And the way, so Crusty was his translator at the time. The way he translated to me is that I guess over in Korea, they, instead of lunch, they say picnic. Like they have a picnic. Okay. And uh, so I had to kind of figure out what that meant. Cause he was like, I'm waiting It's like, you know, this is all anticipation and I'm waiting for the picnic. It's like, you know, a day at school where you go through school and you're waiting for lunch. But he said it right. So you have to figure out what they're trying to say. And, like, I had another one. Who did I interview? Bumper, the worst interview I ever had.
1: Yeah, you've told Um, me about this.
2: (laughs) Yeah, the worst interview I ever had. He's like, I asked him how a cheesesteak was and he didn't know what it was. You know, they had to to describe it to him. So he had one, but he just didn't know what it was called. yeah. Right, so yeah. I don't know what they described it as, but the inter- the person who was translating knew what it was. But yeah, it's it's a big roadblock, and it's tough because some of the most awesome players have you know no language. They have that bank- language barrier. Right, it's difficult for like, them to get through. I
1: think Carpe is kind of like that too, right? Yeah, like his language barriers. He's pretty. he's
2: got. I don't think he needs a translator anymore. Really? Um, I think towards the end of the in-person events he could actually do an interview on his own in
0: English.
1: Maybe I just haven't seen it then, yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't don't know. Because before,
1: I always felt like, not even struggling, but he still needed somebody.
2: Yeah, because I'm I'm actually going to be submitting some questions for Carpe very soon. I should have actually had them in today. Whoops. But, (laughs) um, so (laughs) I don't think, Kelsey didn't say anything about a translator to me. They're all learning English. They Uh have English tutors.
1: Oh, yeah. Most of the team. I'm sure
2: but um i don't know i don't know if he does or not he he speaks pretty good english when he was being asked questions he would answer in english
1: good for him that must be be really hard
0: hard,
2: man yeah
1: i mean i know they still play it's not like their game is in english so it doesn't make a difference right yeah man like you're you're in an english dominated Mm -hmm. i guess industry was is that is that yeah i guess that's true english is probably the Yeah, I mean, you're not in Korea
2: anymore, where, like, you know, if it were League of Legends, it would be the opposite. You know, you'd have English players learning Korean. Yeah. But this is Overwatch League, where it started in in the States, and so now you have, you know, your Western players who speak Spanish, French, Dutch, all sorts of languages, and uh, have to learn, you know, a lot of them did learn English, but those Asian-speaking countries, they didn't, their second language was never English, it was probably something else. So, and then you have us here in America who yeah don't care about a second language
1: right i'm, I'm <laughs> sure i know since just poco's france i'm sure he knew some english coming, coming he did in. i mean he can yeah. speak english pretty well it's just his accent's pretty thick and it's yeah, yeah it's, he it's he just i through it too yeah sometimes it's just hard to understand it. but yeah i like never, i never well, so.
2: i never asked to interview poco because i just can't understand what he's saying oh he's such an interesting player but he's yeah, only he interesting when he when he's not being forced to sit down in and interview he's he he wants to do
1: his own thing, which is yeah. He is a, he, he is a, he is a goofy dude. I've watched his streams. Like he's definitely like a quirky kind of guy, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, Jess, thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me. It was very interesting. I got to learn. A, I love a talking little, about my job. Yeah, I was gonna say I got to learn a little bit more about what you do, even though it's you know. You're you're a journalist, you're a writer, but like, what does that really mean? I think I I think I I think I get it a little bit more because I like all that stuff with the interviews. I don't know, just never really thought about it.
2: (laughs) There's always got to be a hook. That's that's what I gotta think about every time I go in. There's always got to be that hook.
1: So where can people find what you're doing? Where can they follow you? What you're writing? Lay it all out. Oh
2: God, I don't even I don't even know my own Twitter. Is that bad?
1: It's it's, well, (laughs) your Twitter. I know it's my name. Your Twitter is on screen. (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh okay okay it's my full name because i had it as, it as just my shorter name at first but then i was like let me fill out the whole thing so my twitter is at jessica Scharnagle. the last name is spelled s-c-h-a-r-n-a-g-l-e you can thank my husband for that <laughs> i had an easier name before i was married and now it's a hard name <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much the only place you're gonna find me at. i don't really stream anymore i don't i'm not active on like facebook as far as professionalism goes so and,
1: and then you're only writing for win.gg i
2: write for win i also every now and then i write for the game house too but i haven't been writing for them because um i, I write for the ones that pay me first <laughs>
0: there you go.
2: especially in the pandemic i really need it so i told uh i told tgh you know once my income balances out i'll start writing for them again yeah. but you'll find me there too i write about the fusion over there and uh, but my co-writer for the fusion he writes for them all the time and he's really great and his name's. uh his name it just escaped me i just had it in my head and it escaped me (laughs) he's really awesome
1: (laughs) Um, and he does a lot of good stuff so you can find me at underscore the gooch and you can find the delco nerd network at delco nerds on twitter and instagram um wow I forgot what I was going to say, but thank See? you for watching. <laughs> that, I was like, I was like going somewhere and I totally forgot about it. Thank you for watching. If you're watching live on twitch.tv slash Network, you can find this podcast on youtube.com slash Delco Nerd Network, as well as podcast services like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get them. We're probably on them. Just search Delco Nerd Network, and you should find us. All this information I said can be found on our website, www.delconernetwork.com. Jess, thank you again for coming on i appreciate it of course and until next time guys stay nerdy